Hello and welcome to another edition of Chesapeake Hockey Week. I am your host, Scotty Waz. How are you guys doing? Great. Wonderful. Uh, we're God, we're already at the end of freaking October. How about that? How do you like me now on that one? Uh, so in any case, uh, we have a lot of puck to talk about here tonight. We've got the Black Bears. we got Team Maryland. we got Stevenson's D3s. Uh, we got uh, tons of club hockey going on. So let's jump right into it, and we'll start with the Maryland Black Bears as we are wont to do on this show. And the good times just keep on rolling. Going into this weekend at Jamestown, it's uh, not necessarily the easiest place for them to play in their previous 10 matchups. I do believe they only have one win, and that was uh, in 2019-20, October 18th, I want to say. So uh, only one win in their journeys up to Jamestown. It's always been a rough place to play. But boy, didn't show. Well, it kind of showed, I guess, a little bit. They were pretty much stalemate games. These games were very close, con closely contested between the uh, Black Bears and the Jamestown Rebels, who uh, they haven't seen each other since the 2019-2020 season because Jamestown did go dormant last year due to the uh, COVID-19 situation and the regulations in New York State. But uh, Maryland goes in there. They get the they get that uh, weight off their shoulders very easily. And very quickly, as they sweep the weekend. And we'll start off on Friday's game. Uh, Friday's game was uh, pretty interesting in that it was a very a prolonged feeling out period for both sides. There were a lot of decent chances. Uh, but, you know, by and large, I mean, you look at the shot the shot counter, 21-19 for the game. And it was uh, it was very very much stuck. A lot of stuff stuck to the outside. A lot of shot blocks. A lot of uh, sticks in lanes. A lot of uh, just sticking to the perimeter for both sides here. And was you know the first period back and forth. Maryland did have a couple chances early, but not really too much in the danger zone there. And that was before uh, they go into their dangerous portion of their lineup, and that's the uh, penalty kill. As uh, the they first get on the board after the media timeout, as Laker Aldridge scores his second of the season shorthanded. As uh, just pressure uh, at the point by Elliot Leroux, uh, or by Luke Van Wy, which brings it up to Elliot Leroux. Leroux passes it over to uh, to Aldridge, and sixth shorthanded goal of the season for the Maryland Black Bears. They lead the league in that stat, made it one to nothing. Um, Black Bears did get into penalty troubles overall. They did get uh, down two men, a lot of infractions there uh, that they need to kind of worry about. Especially back to backs. I mean, Kevin, both the defensemen, two defensemen as well, Kevin Scott and Matthew Davies, getting called on that. You can't have two defensemen down when you're only running uh, three pairs of them. But they uh, were able to kill that off uh, for the you know overall, and then bouncing puck at the end of the period, 135 left. John Musella picks up a bouncing puck. It goes in the net, tied one to one as we go into the locker room. Second period, Maryland started fast. They had the power play to start off uh, the uh, first part of the period as uh, they got a tripping call against Jamestown to work on the power play. And it only took them 24 seconds before Big Aiden Bruich in front of the net picks up a Connor Cole rebound, stuffs it home for his third of the season. Connor Cole, Luke Van Wy on the assist. Luke Van Wy, his second assist of the night, both on specialty teams, as this one was on the power play. His first assist was shorthanded. More back and forth for uh, Maryland and Jamestown. A couple good chances going either way. And uh, next thing you know, how about that? Jacob Brockman puts one home, uh, kind of negated an icing. He broke from the bench, uh, got to the uh, puck before uh, any other Jamestown Rebel could. 
uh, put it around the boards. Next thing you know, a pass from Connor Cole after a pass from Sean Kilcullen. Gives a pass to Jacob Brockman. Fourth of the year for Brockman. Cole on the assist, his second of the night as well, and Sean Kilcullen his fifth of the season on that one. A minute two later, uh, Mitch LaFay, though, he gets on the board his first of the year. He uh, gathers the puck up in front. Not much Michael Morelli could do on that. Puts it home, and that is the 3-2 uh, to two marker. And there was not really much happening in the third, like in general. Only seven shots total, four for Maryland, three for Jamestown. And that's the way it ended. 2-1 to one was, or 3-2 to two was the final in this one. Morelli, he gets a sixth win of the year, 17 saves in the effort on this one. Luke Van Wyk, Connor Cole going home with two assists. No rest for the wicket, though, as Maryland and Jamestown meet again. Another very tight matchup, but a very different tale, I would say. It seemed that the uh, the the weight of the offense was weighed in one direction in each period. It started off with Maryland, who was on the attack in a big way uh, over the first period. Got a lot of shots on uh, the mark for uh, for themselves in this one because... You know, they just kind of took advantage of it. They just they saw the lanes. They saw what we, they didn't see uh, on Friday night. Took advantage to it, got into the good lanes, uh, and were able to put things through. But nothing, necess- you know, not really uh, to show for it until the end of the period there when uh, good old Brandon Piku breaks down the side of the net or down the side of the wing, roofs it over Chance Hal, and that is a one nothing scoreline. Piku, his sixth of the year. Jacob Brockman, sixth assist. Connor Cole, another assist. Uh, that was three for the weekend, 10 on the year on that one. Maryland outshot Jamestown 11-4 to in this one. Jamestown, though, got on, in on it on the second. Uh, 3.52 in. Uh, Marcus Creva Carlson puts home his first of the year, uh, and that tied the score, and that pretty much shifted the, the play for Jamestown. They kind of got more offensive in this in the second period uh, where they changed sides. Kind of way to be uh, to Luca DePasco in that instance, but DePasco came up big when he was called upon, had a couple breaks that he stopped, got the, the leg out there, got the blocker out there, and uh, we go into the second uh, intermission tied up at one. Third period, Maryland get the mojo back. Getting a lot of shots on, getting into the inside, making sure things were going on. Uh, and, uh, you know, they were trying to pump away here. A lot of de- chances down deep. They were able to work the puck down deep and were able to get across into the blue paint. Nothing doing those. So free hockey in Jamestown on Saturday night. And the Black Bears kind of make short work of it as uh, 252, all well, halfway through the period, I guess. 254 is short in a 20 minute span, but a five minute overtime, not so much. That's called math, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in any case, Sean Kilcullen uh, throws the puck down the corner because he sees Aiden Bruich at the blue line. Bruich stays on side, gets the ricochet off the board, just hammers it home for his fourth of the season. Kilcullen and McNeil on the assist. That is the game-winning uh, marker there, ladies and gentlemen. 2-1 to one the final. DePasco, 20 saves in the win. And the Black Bears just keep rolling. That is their fourth straight win, second straight sweep, and... Sixth game with at least a point coming out of it. So where do they stand right now? Well, they stand on the mountaintop, ladies and gentlemen. Just call them Double J Jeff Jarrett because they are king of the mountains right now. Uh, of course, early season, uh, you'd like to go ahead and um, you know make the most of it when it comes to times like this. But let's bask in it right now. After 14 games, the Black Bears sit with 20 points, 9-3-1-1. And, and they have uh, 20 points to lead the league. Granted, there's other teams with... Uh, games in hand, but let's not let that get to us. 
It is a fantastic time to be a Maryland Black Bears fan. Riding high on a uh, four-game win streak. Riding high in the East. Even as the uh, the Northeast Generals come back into town, the Black Bears will still come out of this one uh, on top of the East Division. They just basically have to go ahead and keep the, the, the pedal down. Keep the pedal to the metal. All good winning teams in junior hockey just kind of don't let up. We saw that with Aberdeen last year. Um until towards the end when stuff really got starting close. But they kept the hammer down. And I think that the Black Bears team has that. And you have a good subsection of everything. I mean, you have uh, three-year guys. I mean, you have Aiden Bruich, who's the big like three-year guy in all this. Brad McNeil coming back. Connor Cole. The whole leadership team coming back for another season. I mean, Michael Morelli is spectacular in that, but we can't deny Luca DePasco, who what he's been able to bring. I mean, Kilt Cullen and uh, Kevin Scott on the blue line have been great, but Luke Van Wy has been a breakout offensively and defensively. He's made smart plays. Same with Matthew Davies. I think he doesn't get enough uh, love in all this. And all four lines for the Black Bears just roll very hard. There is not you can you can say there's a couple lines out there. I mean. Uh, uh, Ryan Bottrell goes ahead, and he has uh, great performances every now and again, but he didn't get a point this weekend. I mean, you saw Jacob Brockman, a guy like that, step up in a big way. Connor Cole uh, making the making some plays. Aiden Bruich really looked fantastic this weekend. I think that he has uh, grown leaps and bounds over the past couple weeks uh, and, and over the past couple seasons, too, the former first-round pick for the Maryland Black Bears. Uh, this team is geared up. This team, I think, is situated – to do good things. I mean, we talk about last year and how historic that was, and that was just the building block to what is to come for this squad. And now it's just a matter of keeping that winning mentality, keeping that killer instinct, and making sure that they're able to go past all what they need to do, get over any kind of mental hurdles, fix things quickly, notice things quickly, so they can fix it before they become a problem. And I think that uh, Coach Clint Milliluck, uh and uh, everybody there is – just perfect for this this situation. Kim Weiss and Dylan Schoen, two great additions to the bench, and I think it's a good a good balance on that bench back there. So we will see what will happen. Northeast comes into town, and then we will uh, move onward and upward from there. Team Maryland were in action three times this weekend uh, or this week. They had a game Tuesday uh, after the podcast dropped. Uh, they had the home game against the Philadelphia Little Flyers and an overtime thriller happened there as a 5-4 victory for Team Maryland. They got started off early, and I mean 15 seconds early into the game. Uh, Captain Sawyer Tanliff with the even-strength goal. Owen Schmidt, Evan Donnelly on the assist. Just bing, bang, boom, and away you go. And this was an offensive firehouse. You wouldn't have told it by the first period. That was the only scoring in the first period. But 15 to 14 shots on goal in that first period will tell you something. No shots below 10, less the overtime. In this hole, it was it was a gunner's paradise in this one. Maryland, uh, Team Maryland gets it back on the board in the second period. They start things off, uh, 4:42, and Brian Teske even strength. Carson Stickley and Alex Newton on the assist there, but 30 seconds or so later, Tony Andrews even strength gets on the board for the Little Flyers. Uh, back and forth again, more shots, 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 shots. As uh, Bobby Geyer has his uh, his shot get through, makes it three to one. Donnelly and Schmidt again on the assist. That's two for them so far. And then Farrell Din, five minutes after Geyer's goal, Bob, uh, Bobby Geyer help assist Farrell Din on the goal. Owen Schmidt, his third assist of the game. It's 4-1. to one. Third period, though, Maryland kind of, I guess, lost a little bit of focus in this one. 244 in. Kobe Howitt makes it 4-2. to two. 
And then 10 seconds later, TJ Alvano with the goal to make it 4-3. to three. Maryland keeps fighting back and forth, back and forth. Next thing you know, it's over. It's, it's getting towards the nitty-gritty. It's under a minute 30 left. And Philadelphia scores again. Almost a flashback to what happened when they were in ice works a, a few weeks ago when the little Flyers score with uh, under two minutes remaining. Avery Arnold scores this one to tie it up, and we send it into overtime. And overtime, five shots in a minute 33. That's amazing for both sides. Three for the Flyers, two for Team Maryland. The last one, though, Farrell Din gets his second goal of the game, puts it home. J.J. Creighton on the assist, 5-4. Team Maryland victory. On this one, Gideon Sullivan, 40 saves in the winning effort as Team Maryland go into the Walpole uh, Showcase, riding a big high. And let's go to that showcase right now. They took on the other top team in the other conference, the Boston Junior Rangers, and the Junior Rangers took this one three cob. And they got off start at things early in the first half, uh, 50 seconds in. Julian Bosclair uh, with the even-strength goal. Halfway, just about halfway through the first half, Jake Murphy scores two nothing, and then uh, Jack Cargus with the uh, the sealer. Thirty three seconds into the second half, three to nothing, and that is your final. John Werber eighteen saves in the losing effort for these showcases. Maryland again, kind of like how Seahawks with Seahawks they have uh, are winless against the Boston Junior Rangers now o five and o in these showcases. But shake it off, short memory, real quick. Maryland goes ahead and they take on the New England Wolves on Monday, and they got down early, uh, and uh, but they battled back with uh, four unanswered goals in the end. Let's start in the first half though. Bobby Ber- uh, Bernier, even strength goal for New England, puts it up one nothing. Eleven thirty four in. Eleven minutes later, Nick Graziano gets on the board. Haven't heard his name in a while. He gets on the board on the power play. Alex Newton and Jacob Kaczynski on the assist to tie it up. But a minute four later, uh, Richard Jelinski. For New England, he puts them up 2-1 to one going into halftime. Coming out of halftime, all Team Maryland in this one. They outshot New England 35-22, uh, and they started off shorthanded. The uh, the Black Bear Sports Group, uh, I guess, calling card, shorthanded goal. Will Rosen, 8-35 into the period from Bobby Geyer, ties the game up. Bobby Geyer said, hey, let's do some more of this special team stuff. A third special teams goal for Team Maryland in this game, 15-20. On the power play, Geyer from Tommy Tracy and Evan Donnelly. And then things just kept on rolling for Team Maryland. Uh, a minute and 42 seconds later, Toby Gleason gets his, uh, I believe, first of the year. Even strength from Michael Vesplad to make it 4-2. to two. And then to seal the deal, J.J. Creighton 5-2 to two with a minute and 8 seconds left. That is how it ended. Gideon Sullivan, 20 saves in the victory as Team Maryland became the first team to reach the 10-win plateau or 10-win mark in the EHL. Uh, then hours later, Boston, uh, the Junior Rangers, get in on that as well as Team Maryland now stands at 10-3-0 on the season. Uh, they sit atop the South Division, three points clear of the New Jersey 87s, who they will play this weekend, this Sunday. Only one game this week coming up for Team Maryland, and that will be on Sunday at the uh, Jersey Shore Complex. And they will go ahead and take on uh, the 87s, who they uh, one of their defeats this year is uh, to the 87s in this one. It was a pretty big week as well for uh, the uh, EHL uh, Maryland Team Maryland program. 
as they had some uh, players named to the uh, all-star team that's going on. It's a college uh, all-star situation that they have going on. It's an event that the EHL puts on for college all-star teams or for against a college as an all-star team will take on Curry College uh, and then UMass Boston, two D3 schools up there in the Northeast. Team Maryland has Farrell Din and Bobby Geyer going in uh, in their stead, so that's uh, really cool to see this uh, those two guys get represented, get some uh, scouting done for some D3 schools, uh, and uh, yeah, so good times to, to be had on this one. Not only that, boy, they have another week four top performer brought to you by Vaughn and Verbredo, the V&V situation, as Farrell Din makes his mark, leaves it there, took care of business in all three games last week. And, uh, yeah, Din had himself a great game, a great week, point in all three games, three goals, one assist on that, and representing his state in a big way. Seven goals, four assists, six games to the date. And, of course, Farrell Din had a couple goals against the uh, against the Flyers, had a couple assists over the weekend. So Farrell Din doing really well for Team Maryland, showing off what he's got there. Team Maryland is in a good spot. Good vibes going. Josh Fusco has done a great job with that team, and that squad has really bought into what they're doing there. And you gotta love it. You gotta you love to see the success all the way down the pipeline from the Black Bears to Team Maryland, and further down from that. So shout out to Team Maryland. Let's get the good times rolling and uh, get some rest. As you got one game this week, and then again they're on the road. I think for the rest of the month they'll go to Protech. I want to say next. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's Protech next at the end of the month. So we'll cover that when we get to it, though. The Stevenson D3 NCAA men and women got into the exhibition situations this weekend uh, in Reisterstown. And uh, the Stevenson men, uh, their first of two exhibition games, 4-2 to two against Wilkes. No no lines on that one. So we'll have to go ahead and just assume 4-2 to two was a good one. They got another one this coming uh, Saturday at Lebanon Valley, I believe up in uh, Hershey Park Arena. So they will take on uh, Lebanon Valley, the Dutchman, up there on Saturday. The women, they took on the ACHA D1 uh, three-time consecutive champions, Liberty University. And, boy, Liberty's got a good team. Liberty has a very good team. Ten to nothing is what Liberty put up against Stevenson. Uh, Some growing pains to be had, of course, but you got to like to have that competition early on in the going, even if it is just exhibition uh, they will go on and take Trine University in a showcase game uh, on October 29th. That's when they start their season. I don't think they have another exhibition game. It does not look like they have another exhibition game. But the 29th and 30th, they are up in the Michigan area in that the Great Lakes region, Trine University, and then they take on Adrian College, I believe. So uh, we will stay tuned for that in a couple weeks, and hopefully we get ourselves uh, some good things rolling with the Stevenson women uh, after last year's uh, solid season that kind of ended up short due to one situation or another. Before we get to the club hockey beat, I want to um, give a shout-out to the uh, University of Maryland Terrapins and uh, Matt Fusillo especially, who is writing for TerpsHockey.com. Uh, a, for them doing a solid job on getting things updated and keeping things updated, which has not really happened in uh, the Terps hockey in the past couple seasons. I mean, obviously, there is so many hats to be worn with club teams to be able to have some people take the uh, take the wheel and take the reins at this is awesome. To update Terps Hockey, to update all their social media, 
uh, also to put stuff on YouTube as well. Put their games on YouTube is pretty awesome. So um, shout out to the Maryland club team for for bumping that up. I've I've been critical of them in the past, and they stepped their game up in a big way. So uh, can, awesome, awesome work for all this to happen. But Fusello puts out something about uh, schedule changes and COVID. So um, this is something that I didn't know, and I'm glad that they were able to bring to light uh, in this whole pandemic situation. So the University of Maryland club sports rules. Uh, a team is not permitted to stay overnight on road trips, and if a team is able to depart, uh, play a game, and return back to campus within 10 to 12 hours, they're able to play. Um, the Originally, the club travel was not supposed to be more than 100 miles. It has expanded to 125. It seems the school is uh, flexible. And it also, uh, another one, Terrapin Hockey is only allowed to play opponents that have vaccine mandates. While majority of the teams do have vaccine mandates, some division rivals like Liberty University do not have that, and the Terps will not be able to compete in key matchups like this one. Uh, teams in the ACC showcase do not have vaccine mandates, but Maryland will still be able to put into play. Uh, the showcase is a set of games, not usually a tournament. Happens in Springfield, Virginia, uh, coming up here in November. So a really good insight uh, for all of this is that, um, and, and Fusillo puts this out perfectly about just, just the rules, and I'm not sure if other schools have these rules, uh, in the area or not, but I'm pretty sure you would have to think that the the system as a whole is going to be across the board, something like that. Uh, Fusilla also puts in that the uh, Crab, Pot, Crab Pot tournament is confirmed for February 11th and 12th at McMullen. All teams have vaccine mandates, Navy, Stevenson, Towson, and Merlin, and it is the crown jewel of college hockey in Maryland. And I will, I will say, and I will put this out there, uh, I believe the folks at Navy Hockey do listen to this or at least tune in for their parts and hopefully for the club parts. So well, hopefully the whole thing gets my ad rate up and then I can, I'm can i that much closer to doing this full time. Um, but not here nor there, the women's crab pot would be nice. Women's crab pot would be nice. There's four solid Maryland. There's four area teams we can go to. Maybe, just maybe. I'm just throwing that out there. In any case, uh, shout out to Terps Hockey, terpshockey.com for all the updates there. Um, it also says things are, haven't been updated since 2019, but the articles are actually very recent. So kind of don't pay attention to that. Uh, I uh, Wrecking wellness, I think, is the problem on that with the setup of the uh, the whole situation. But um, let's go to the Maryland Terrapins, and, and we'll segue into them and kind of segue out of Stevenson University as they took on each other. It was a home-and-home matchup between uh, Maryland and Stevenson. Friday night was a thriller in Laurel. My goodness, what a game that was as things were hot and heavy in this one. Maryland, uh, they went ahead 1-0 early as uh, Liam Eden with a uh, a big goal in this one. Puts Maryland up 1-0. And then uh, next thing you know, late into the game, Stevenson ties it up. Didn't see who it was. It might have been tipped in front. Not entirely sure. I haven't seen Stevenson's scoreline on this one as of yet, but uh, they went ahead and got themselves within one. And then next thing you know, uh, the tables, the the turntables have turned. Era, era. As uh, Maryland gets the uh, go-ahead goal with two minutes remaining from just a hammer from the point uh, for McAvoy. And uh, that did it. That's what did it for the Terrapins. They went ahead 2-1 to one victory in this one. That gave them the first win of the season. Now, they had a day to cool off. And uh, next thing you know, uh, well, well, just kind of a shout-out, uh, shout as it were, to uh, 
to Tucker Healy, who had two assists in this game, and uh, Andre Peltier, uh, the sophomore goaltender. He uh, he had himself a game with 35 saves against Stevenson in the victory on that one. A day to rest, and then they went up to Reisterstown on Sunday to play at the Sportplex, and the game was a little bit uh, a little bit kinder to uh, to the Green Horses. They got up two nothing in this game, but then Maryland kind of charged back. Uh, they got five goals in the third period or in the second period, make it five three, and then capped it off with a three spot in the third. And that is all she wrote on that one. Eight to four, the weekend sweep for the Turpins in this game. Lee Meaden had a uh, the captain of this team. He had himself a hat trick. Uh, Andrew Murhead also had two goals in uh, the game, and uh, Eden also putting in some assists there. So three goals, two assists. Healy five assist night for Tucker Healy on Sunday. Shout out to him on that one. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Andrew McMenemy. He got himself on the board on this one. Uh, Tyler McAvoy again gets on the board. And then, of course, Chase Wilson, the Frosh, gets himself on the board for a, a great goal and his first collegiate goal. Peltier again, 27 saves in the victory as Maryland goes ahead and gets their first two wins of the season. They'll take on Rowan University October 30th. Uh, so they got some time to rest up before going out there. Stevenson will take on Liberty this weekend in Reisterstown. Uh, two-time, two-time, two-time uh, on this one, of course, barring any kind of COVID restrictions on this one. Uh, and to put a bow on Stevenson, their D3 school will play the California University of Pennsylvania times two this weekend at the California University of Pennsylvania. So tune in for that. They will have updates on their Twitter and on their uh, on their social medias, at Terps Hockey. For uh for the Terrapins at S U A C H A hockey for Stevens University D two and D three programs, we shift things over to the Naval Academy, and um, they had a home and home against Delaware on Friday Saturday, and uh, Friday night was not a great night for the Midshipmen men as they dropped the first of the home and home three to one. Uh, in this one, Ryan Rodriguez got things started halfway through the first for Delaware, his third of the year. Uh, and then, you know, they Delaware kind of outshot Maryland or Navy throughout the entire thing. They had 50 shots total on the game. Uh, second period, Dom Guido, his second of the season, uh, put uh, Delaware up 2 nothing. But then with uh, under five minutes left, Brendan Reynolds with a hammer from the blue line puts home his second of the year. John Mullen on the assist. And then 240 into the third, Dom Guido, third goal, nail, hammer, Dunsky, as that's all she wrote for the Naval Academy. Tried clawing back, could not do it. 3-1 to one is the final on that one. Charles Doherty had uh, quite, the, quite the weekend. He had himself 47 saves in this first game here uh, in uh, against Delaware. And then no rest for the wicket, travel up 95, get up there to that golden, that 12-mile circle. And they went into Delaware, and they came out with a what is now a tie, but they did win the shootout in this one. Uh, started back and forth. Navy kind of won uh, Delaware, kind of won Navy a little bit. Navy pushing back in the second half. Before you had Thomas Kristinich uh, with the goal. I hope I said that right. I the pronunciation looked good. The uh, good old McLean Virginia boy goes ahead, makes it one nothing. For Navy, Navy turned it on the second as well. Nathan Hyden, his fourth of the year, 
uh, assist on the uh, on the first goal, Riley Jamison and Anders Gilbronson. Uh, but Nathan Hyden, second goal of the game, fourth of the year for him. Evan Adams on the assist. Michael Rockovich throw up the rock uh, is uh, his fourth assist of the season. Then Delaware gets uh, gets their only penalty the second period. They were pretty disciplined all weekend long, but Navy capitalized on this one. Jack Burke on the power play. Evan Adams and Rockovich again on the assist on this one. Then things took a little bit of a downturn here. Dom Guido gets his third of the weekend, fourth of the year, just at the midway, just after the midway mark of the second period. Goes three to one into the intermission. Things look pretty good, but two oh one in. Gavin Holzer. Uh, gets within one, gets Delaware within one with his second of the season. Delaware kind of poured it on uh, Doherty on this one, and uh, Doherty equal to the task uh, until late to the game. Hauser again finds a way to uh, get the puck at the side and that wide open. Not much Doherty could do about that. Three to three overtime solved nothing. Went to a shootout. Looks like it was unofficial and. Uh, and I will say this: the shootout went ahead, and uh, and uh, Navy won. Navy won in the shootout. Doherty made a big save at the end, uh, and that's how it ended. Looks like it goes down in the books as a tie, but the shootout uh, victory goes to Navy in this one. Doherty with uh, a uh, nice little 39 save effort for him on this one. Next, Navy will travel to Westchester, maybe. Westchester has been canceling a lot of games, I think, due to a little bit of a uh, the COVID restrictions and things like that. We will see if this game gets off the ground. Uh, and uh, they will take on Temple at uh, the McMullen. I believe it's at McMullen. I think it's at McMullen on Saturday night. And that looks like it's a four definite. We'll stick with the Navy train on this one. And we'll go to the Navy women's team who, boy, they were, uh, man, that is a team. And I'm almost, I'm almost sad that uh, Navy and Loyola won't meet up sooner than February. I think February or late January is the time that they meet up, and I could be completely wrong, but that is going to be a barn burner here. So um, let's take a look-see at what we're doing here. And the first game, it was a 12-1 to Navy victory in this one. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any stat lines on this one. ACHA, there's nothing on the uh, DVCHC website that's showing up, so I'm assuming... Nope, here it is. Thank you, ACHA. You guys, good looking out. 12-1 to 1 is the final in this one. Navy got going a pretty, pretty early. Uh, 6.38 in. Christina Cornello, her second of the year. Brooke Gauthier on the assist. And then uh, two... Two minutes later, two two and change. Christina Cornelio, her third of the year. Alyssa Nowicki on the assist on that one. Maryland gets it with, to within one just after the halfway mark as Christina Krab uh, Karabanova gets her second of the season unassisted, but then Navy tore it on again as uh, Brooke Gauthier gets her first of the year, thirteen thirty in uh, with uh, Marguerite Schillinger with her first assist. Cornello finishes off the Natty Bow Hattie Dare Horn. With her fourth of this uh, season, third of the game, and then why not end it? Why not pop? Bookend of the first period. Cornello, fifth of the year, fourth of the game. Nowicki with her second assist of the game. Second period, things got going even quicker as Quinn Ramos gets her first of the year. Uh, Cornello on the assist. Isabel Ross on the assist on that one. Then uh, Schillinger gets her first of the year. Michaela Stangle 
with the assist on that one. Then Kirsten Wheelock with her second of the season gets things up. And then a wiki gets a goal of her own to call her own. Cornello, uh, third assist uh, of the year. Gauthier, third assist of the year as well. Third period, Isabel Ross gets her second of the year. Brooke Gauthier, her second of the year from Kristen Cornello. And then Nowicki ends it out, 921 into the third, uh, her third of the year. And, uh, yeah, that is the final. Uh, Cornello with an assist. Quinn Ramos on the assist on that one. Julia Chenoweth with 13 saves in the winning effort. Riley Chadwick, 29 saves in the defeat. In this one, looking at the stat line, Allison Nowicki for Navy, 2-2. Two and two. Brooke Gauthier, 2-2. Two and two. Christian Cor- Christina Cornello. Four and four in this one. That is fan. That's amazing. <clears throat> Eight points in a game for Cornello. Navy uh, going on in a big way as uh, they get going. No rest for the wicket. A 10-10 start on this one for Friday night to 11 a.m. start on uh, on Saturday night and the, or on Saturday morning rather. And <laughs> the interesting part of this one. And I don't know if this is just a a issue in the stats, issue in the calls. I don't know exactly what's going on. But I, I saw the final score. The final score to me said it was it was twelve to nothing. A shutout for Navy. ACHA website has five to nothing. They only played a period, and that's the that's the game. I don't know what to believe. Who's to say? I know I'm not to say. The goals that they do have recorded here in the first period. Michaela Stangle, 348 in. Uh, her first of the year. Schillinger on the assist. Then Schillinger gets a goal of her own. Gauthier and Stangle on the assist on that one. Nowicki uh, gets her fourth of the year. Schillinger on the assist with that. Then Nowicki again from Stangle this time. And then Catherine Brown, her first of the year with uh, Kirsta, Kirsta Wheelock on the assist. That's all the goals they gave. That's... There, there's seven more goals in here, and I know I don't like to pile on, but I also like to give credit to the people who put the put the goals in the net. So we will have to see if there's any update, but what have you? That's the we're where we're at right now. The uh, Navy women will take on Montclair State at Montclair State times two this weekend, and the University of Maryland will travel to Villanova for one game on the weekend. We'll follow them all the way through. Navy D3, they went down to uh, Christopher Newport University down there in uh, Hampton Roads or in the in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. Friday night's game was not a great one. Although the Navy uh, did outshoot them 27 to uh, 22, Christopher Newport comes out on top 7 to nothing on this one. Uh, not much to say about this one. Nick Gordon with the, uh, the loss as uh, he uh, 15 saves. In this one, we move on to Saturday. The less, I guess, the less said about Friday, the better. Uh, on Saturday, things got going pretty quickly uh, for Christopher Newport. They get four in the first, two in the second. Uh, Jagan Nutial, and I butchered that name, and I apologize for that. Uh, he gets the lone goal for Navy. Owen Norton on the assist. And uh, that's all she wrote. Seven to one. Christopher Newport sweeps the weekend. Andrew Rugg, six saves on 13 shots as Navy 31-13. I don't know if those are reversed or not. It might be reversed. In any case, that's uh, game sheet is not as an interesting app. I will put it to you that way. 
So Navy D3, they are off for a couple weeks. They will take on High Point University on November 5th. Uh, so we will have to see where they go from there as the CHF has uh, been a bit of a pushback for them. But, hey, perseverance, something I'm sure is in the Naval Academy creed. I did not look at it, and I don't dare look at it because I don't want to disrespect it. But I'm doing that right now. So, oi. In any case, moving onward and upward, Towson, they, they, had, they were supposed to have a game, um, I believe, Friday that canceled and got postponed. I want to say it was against Westchester. I'm not entirely sure. In any case, uh, they took on UMBC. UMBC's just got their program back started. I want to say they're a D2, D3 school, uh, but they uh, they took on they took on the uh, the good old uh, Towson Tigers and UMBC. You can see Towson, the 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 disparity between D1 and D3 as Towson kind of gave it to them, gave it to the house in a uh, four. Was that fourteen to two? Yep, fourteen to two, uh, shellacking of the uh, retrievers in this one. Boy, that was there's a lot to be had in this game. Let's uh, let's kind of take a a look at the goals here for Towson against UMBC. Vinny Karam got one. Ben Murphy got himself a goal. Uh, who else? Alec Hurley with a goal as well. Drew Lustig. With a goal. Colin Mercier a goal. Tyler Mercier had two. Ryan Gilroy had two. Justin Brown had two. And James Marburger had himself a pair as well. So after that one, big things going in. Now they go up to Lehigh Valley, and they took it to Lehigh Valley. A big win for the Towson University Tigers as they take this one 5-3. to three. I want to say the final is here. Yep, that is a final. Uh, 2-0 on the road. Uh, Mer Tyler Mercier had two goals. Uh, Jack Callahag with one and Ryan Gilroy with two to make it a five spot for the Towson Tigers. A big sweep weekend for them, something they definitely needed as they go ahead to take on a home-and-home -home with William Patterson University this weekend. Friday night home at Ice World, then up in William Patterson on Saturday. Towson women, they had a forfeiture this weekend. I talked about earlier about Westchester, how that game in Annapolis may not happen with the Navy men, and uh, we see this here with the women's, and this has happened before, where uh, there's been a forfeiture, and Westchester forfeited the game. Towson wins this 1-1-0 by default, but they played it played this weekend, went up to U-Delaware, and they um, they went up to U-Delaware. Ten to nothing, the final. U Delaware out uh, outscoring and outshooting Towson, sixty-eight to twenty-three. Catherine O'Malley, fifty-eight saves in the uh, in the game, and boy howdy, that was something. So Towson women get a win, get a loss, and now they take a little bit of time before they take on Navy home and home November twelfth and fourteenth, or twelfth and thirteenth. In this one, so we will absolutely cover that as, you know, it's Maryland hockey. We're going to cover Maryland hockey on a Maryland hockey show, right? In any case. Uh, also, a correction, a little housekeeping. Loyola has lost a game, and they have let in goals. They lost 3-0 uh, to nothing to Delaware at the opening of the season, um, and that has not reflected on the DVCHC website, but the ACHA does have that score sheet. So uh, as much as me saying that Loyola has not let up a goal yet, um, they have, and they have lost the game. But still, that does not make that that tantalizing matchup between them 
and Navy. Uh, not any less attractive in this one. I, I want to see that game. Uh, I want to make sure. I want to see. I hope it's. I think it's in McMullen. I want to watch that game on the uh, YouTube app and see what this game persists because that could be a very great game uh, if things were to stay the same as, as this. So uh, here's hoping, fingers crossed, on that. What say you with some players? We have uh, we've been uh, we've been doing a lot. We are uh, elongated show with all the stuff that we are doing. A lot of show, so I hope you guys enjoy it. If you don't, let me know because I probably won't listen to you. But that's okay. I'm kidding. I try to listen to folks. So we will see what's happening here. Uh, interesting development. When I thought uh, Mike Chen had got out, they bring him back in. He has signed with the Reading Royals of the ECHL for this season. The 28-year-old defenseman out of Rockville, We will. Uh, he's on a tryout contract. So we will see what we can he can do there. Of course, he's had some time in the ECHL with the South Carolina Stingrays in 2018-19 and 2017-18. Uh, played very well there. Uh, in 2017-18 after a great season with the Knoxville Ice Bears and then kind of tapered off before going over to uh, Beijing to play in the uh, the KHL's junior le- or minor league, the VHL. And he had a decent outing out there and then returned to the SPHL uh, last season during the truncated season. But he gets a tryout with the Reading Royals, so we will see what he can do. And hopefully we can talk about him a little bit more. Or if he goes to the SPHL, we'll talk a little uh, about him a little more. Mike Chen has been a great story. Uh, in Maryland hockey, I would say, uh, just carrying the flag for those lower minor league uh, the minor league outings as well. Patrick Giles of BC, they split the weekend, the uh, the Golden Eagles did, as uh, Giles uh, had a goal and an assist in their win on Friday against uh, UConn and then against Bentley. Bentley, who has been remarkable, I would have to say, in uh, in kind of upsetting teams, especially the Boston area teams, they had, Bentley wins six to two on this one, and Giles did not have any points in that game there. So two point weekend for him, pretty solid all around. Adam Vargas seemingly found his stride this season as uh, <clears throat> he's on a four game point streak for the Ottawa Sixty Sevens. Uh, this past week, he had an assist on Monday against Oshawa then an assist on Friday against Oshawa, and then he got his first goal of the season against Sudbury on Sunday. So that puts him at four points in five games. Uh, so pretty, pretty good for him to find his edge here in his uh, super overage season, his fifth year in the uh, OHL. So uh, shout out to him on that one, and hopefully he can continue this trend moving forward uh, for his sake and, and to move forward in hockey. It's all, all kids ever want, right? Uh, Andrew Takis. Had a split weekend. He had a big win on Friday night uh, with a uh, 7-1 victory of the New Jersey Titans over Northeast. He had 24 saves in the winning effort. And then in uh, Saturday, overtime loss on that one, 34 saves against the Generals as uh, the Titans go uh, three out of four points this weekend at Northeast. Pretty good uh, pretty good uh, thing to have on road games like that. We're big on club hockey here. Matthew Peterson is a goaltender who played for DeMatha and uh, Team Maryland as well, and just a single game in Team Maryland's opening year uh, before going to the USH, USPHL Premier Series with Utica and Bridgewater. He is now playing for Grand Valley State in the ACHA. Played four games so far. He's got a 2-1-0 record uh, with a 425 goals against 874 save percentage as a frosh. 
So uh, we will follow along with Matthew Peterson as long as the, the stats get updated as such, of course. And uh, Aaron Randazzo, lest we forget about him, uh, he has played uh, four games this year with Green Bay. Did not play this past week, uh, but he has played uh, four games, 2-1-0, 389 goals against, 882 save percentage for the former Maryland Black Bear and uh, former uh, Naval Academy uh, kid. Navy brat? I don't know if that's the right term, but his dad was a big coach at Navy. So uh, We also have a uh, season starting up, Jarrett Rossberg in the AHL. Uh, they start up this weekend, or they started off this week, I think, uh, as he's playing down in Tejas after signing an extension with the Dallas Stars over the summer. No points just yet in his two games, uh, but four penalty minutes and a plus one on Sunday's game against the Iowa Wild. And uh, also uh, draft pick Bryce Montgomery has played two games for the London Knights. No points to show for that on that one either. Uh, Graham McPhee also in the AHL has started up. Will Margell, University of New Hampshire, has started up in that one. So a lot going on, a lot of things happening. So we will keep you guys up to date through that. But our time is well past. Um, that's it. That's all. Um, that's We've done it. Almost a full hour. My goodness. Uh, I'm Scotty Wallace. Take care of yourself and someone else. This has been Chesapeake Hockey Week uh, on the Face Off Hockey Show Media Faction. Listen, all the uh, socials, Facebook and Twitter, well, two of the socials, at Chesapeake HWPod. You want Maryland Black Bear pictures? Johnny P is your hookup at FOHS Radio on that one. ClutchandCrabHockey.com for stories and stuff and musings about Maryland hockey on there. And, um, yeah, that's about it. You guys, thank you for listening, and it means, it means a lot to me uh, for you guys to take time out and listening in. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Uh, be safe. Be healthy. Uh, play that clutch and crab hockey, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.